Happy New Year. Hope your new year is off to a good start. Mine has some major bumps, but nothing that will get me down. And if yours has started a bit shaky as well, then focus on your blessings and not on your misfortunes. And now I want to continue reading from Eve's Diary. Tuesday, all the morning I was at work improving the estate and I purposely kept away from him in hopes that he would get lonely and come. But he did not. At noon, I stopped for the day and took my recreation by flitting all about with the bees and the butterflies and reveling in the flowers, those beautiful creatures that catch the smile of God out of the sky and preserve it. I gathered them and made them into wreaths and garlands and clothed myself in them while I ate my luncheon. Apples, of course. And then I sat in the shade and wished and waited. But he did not come. But no matter, nothing would have come of it, for he does not care for flowers. He called them rubbish and could not tell one from another and thinks that it is superior to feel like that. He does not care for me. He does not care for flowers. He does not care for the painted sky at eventide. Is there anything he does care about for, except building shacks to coop himself up in from the good, clean rain, and thumping the melons, and sampling the grapes, and fingering the fruit on the trees, to see how those properties are coming along. I laid a dry stick on the ground and tried to bore a hole in it with another one in order to carry out a scheme that I had. And soon I got an awful fright. A thin, transparent, bluish film rose out of the hole and I dropped everything and I ran. I thought it was a spirit. And I was so frightened, but I looked back and it was not coming. So I leaned against a rock and I rested and panted and let my limbs go on trembling until they got steady again. And then I crept wearily back, alert, watching and ready to fly if there was an occasion. And when I was come near, I parted the branches of a rose bush and peeped through, wishing the man was about. I was looking so cunning and pretty, but the sprite was gone. I went there, and there was a pinch of delicate pink dust in the hole. I put my finger in to feel it, and I said, ouch, and I took it out again. It was a cruel pain. I put my finger in my mouth and by standing first on one foot and then the other and grunting, I presently eased my misery. Then I was full of interest and began to examine. I was curious to know what the pink dust was. Suddenly the name of it occurred to me, though I had never heard of it before. It was fire. I was as certain of it as a person could be of anything in the world. So without hesitation, I named it that, fire. 
I had created something that didn't exist before. I had added a new thing to this world's uncountable properties. I realized this and was proud of my achievement and was going to run and find him and tell him about it, thinking to raise myself in his esteem. But I reflected and did not do it. No, he would not care for it. He would ask what it was good for and could I answer for it was not good for something, but only beautiful, merely beautiful. So I sighed and did not go, for it wasn't good for anything. It could not build a shack. It could not improve melons. It could not hurry a fruit crop. It was useless. It was a foolish and a vanity. He would despise it and say cutting words. But to me, it was not despicable. I said, oh, you fire, I love you, you dainty pink creature, for you are beautiful, and that is enough. And was going to gather it to my breast, but I refrained. And then I made another maxim out of my head, though it was so nearly like the first one that I was afraid that it was only a plagiarism. The burnt experiment shuns the fire. I brought again, and when I made a good deal of fire dust, I emptied it into a handful of dry brown grass, intending to carry it home and keep it always and play with it. But the wind struck it, and it sprayed up and spat at me fiercely, and I dropped it and ran. When I looked back, the blue spirit was towering up and stretching and rolling away like a cloud, and instantly I thought of a name for it smoke, though upon my word I had never heard of smoke before. Soon brilliant yellow and red flares shot up through the smoke, and I named them in an instant flames, and I was right too, though these were the very first flames that had ever been in the world. They climbed the trees and then flashed spendedly in and out of the vast and increasing volume of tumbling smoke and I had to clap my hands and laugh and dance in my rapture. It was so new and strange and so wonderful and so beautiful. He came running and stopped and gazed and said not a word for many minutes, and then he asked what it was. I was too bad that he should ask such a direct question. I had to answer it, of course, and I did. I said it was a fire, if it annoyed him that I should know, and he must ask, that was not my fault. I had no desire to annoy him. After a pause he asked, how did it come? Another direct question, and it also had to have a direct answer. I made it. The fire was traveling further and further off, and he went to the edge of the burned place and stood down and said, What are these? Fire coals. He picked up one to examine it, but changed his mind and put it down again, and then he went away. Nothing interested him, but I was interested. There were ashes, gray and soft and delicate and pretty, and I knew what they were at once. And the ambers, I knew the ambers too. I found my apples and raked them out and was glad, 
for I am very young and my appetite is active. But I was disappointed. They were all burst open and spoiled. Spoiled, apparently. But it was not so. They were better than the raw ones. Fire is beautiful. Someday it will be useful, I think. That's all I have time for today. Sleep well. Good night.